sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff. Can hear me? Can you hear me in your ears? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I just can't hear myself. There it is. It's kind of weird because you get used to hearing yourself in the headphones, and then when you can, it's kind of crazy. But anyway, hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and uh, today is Thursday, August the twenty-sixth. It is Guest Day. We always try to have our guest in here on Thursday once a week. We try to have people who have influenced the kingdom. Uh, both locally, um, statewide, nationally, internationally. We had a lot of guests over over the last five years. And um, so thankful uh, to the brother who's in here today. He is a city leader in Jacksonville, a business leader here. And uh, he has gone to Israel with me. He is a SWAT brother, comes to SWAT, and uh, has been a great uh, brother and ally in the quest for truth as it relates to covid and everything that we've been dealing with over the last year uh and the one thing i appreciate most about our guest is he's a critical thinker he is a very critical thinker he doesn't just take what the party line is without saying okay let's see the evidence or or show me why this is the way it is and so uh harry lewis welcome to srot radio it's an honor to be here with you, Doug. Yeah, this is a first time for you, right? It is with you. It absolutely, yeah. is. first time to be on. I, I, you know, and uh, Harry has gone through some challenging times over the last year. Many of you may remember we prayed for his son Harrison, who was uh, battling cancer and has done really well. Come yeah. out of that valley right now, he's doing well. And 100%. you, me, and Harrison going to be uh, going away next weekend to do some training, aren't we? Yes, we are. We're going to have a great time. It, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Well. Uh, I'll get you to share a little bit about that later, um, but uh, you know the uh, I think we're off air, Harry. Uh, we got lights, which usually means the weather has created a condition that knocks us off the air. So if you are listening through the stream out there, you may not hear us, but uh, you will hear this on the podcast. So, um, but we'll keep talking because the podcast keeps recording, uh, Harry. You know. You uh, have been part of Lewis Petroleum for a long time. Did your dad start that company? He did. Uh, Back in 1975, my brother and I were uh, two young, very young uh, boys, uh, lived up in Atlanta. He came down to Jacksonville and uh, met a guy that had a retail gas station down here, and uh, he had emphysema. And my dad said, well, I'd love to buy your business. And he said, okay, I need to sell it. He drove back to Atlanta and told my mom, we're moving to Jacksonville. And she said, uh, we're not. <laughs> but we did. So uh, we moved to Jacksonville back in 1975 and and uh, have raised our family here and my brother's family. And uh, we've got uh, a local petroleum business where we believe it's God's calling in our lives to be good stewards of what he's entrusted to us and caring shepherds over those who he's put under our care. And you service through Lewis Petroleum. 15 over 1500 commercial and uh 
industrial customers? Uh, yeah, we go about 250 miles out of Jacksonville. We're down to Tampa, Orlando, Daytona, up into South Georgia. So places like Daly's or Gates, are those places you, you service some of those? We do sell some gasoline, mostly to our own retail locations, but more likely construction sites, uh, car dealerships, power plants, paper mills. Did you have anything to do with Bucky's coming to Jacksonville? Uh, I did not, but I am excited. As a, as a guy who loves gas stations, going to Bucky's is like going to Disney World for me. It's, it's a great place, isn't it? It's uh, fantastic. If you haven't been, it's right off 210, right? At 210? Uh, it's, the, it's World Golf Village exit uh, just south. And it's not their biggest store. Their biggest store is uh, out in Katy, Texas, 66,000 square feet. This one's only two-thirds of that. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, amazing. Well, Harry, um, I recently uh, quoted a post that you had um, on on social media when you were talking about, um, you know, you read a book recently, and, and was what was it? How Do You Kill 11 Million People? Is that the title of it? Yeah, it was a book called uh, How Do You Kill 11 Million People? And the bottom line of it was it was kind of looking back at what happened um with the Holocaust, and it was a book by Andy Andrews. And the key to that is, how do you kill 11 million people? You lie to them. And you don't just sit there and lie to them. You, you tell them convincing things that are that seem believable. So, Like gaslighting, right? Isn't gaslighting yeah. you just keep saying the same thing over and over, even though it's not true? You definitely can do that. The, the bottom line is a lot of people are going to believe it, like what's been going on in Afghanistan. People have been, absolutely. you know, I, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Be fine. It's going to be fine. We'll get you out of there. And now it was your fault for staying. You should have left. I don't know if you heard that today. It came out today. The state department said they should have left and people stayed. And so not shocking. it's, it's a mess over there. This morning I heard that there are some veterans working with nonprofits who have been going in there with their own expense, their own weapons, their own uh, transportation, helicopters and vehicles, and rescuing people, they uh, they rescued five hundred people. They this morning wow. they were they were rescuing. I know they were talking about. Uh, I heard somebody talking about yesterday that it cost about ten thousand dollars to relocate a family from there and get them out of there. And if they can get commercial flights in there, they can do some of that stuff. I know Victor Marks is another guy. It's a great. Oh, Victor Marks is great. Oh, he's he? stellar. He does a lot with uh, trafficking as well. They've been working over there trying to get people out. And, and the Tim Tebow Foundation as mm, well. Yeah. Uh, they have been very much involved in that. Um, you know, here, here's the thing that's so funny, Harry. And you and I haven't even talked about this because I want to get to uh, Stanford Jacks in a minute. I want you to share about that for our listeners, especially here. We do have listeners in Mississippi. And we have listeners in Virginia and Georgia, Arkansas, Idaho, uh, California, Texas. We've got people that listen through the Internet in a variety of places. And we got people listening in the U.K., uh, people mm. listening in India. Uh, so very grateful for all of you. So even though you won't be a part of Stand for Jacks, the principles of Stand for Jacks are something maybe you could organize in your area because I think it's needed one of the things that struck me is a good friend of mine who is a veteran. He's a doctor, and he's been very involved in the what I call the truth aspect of COVID and the truth aspect of vaccines. He's been very balanced. He's not an anti-vaxxer. He's just right. saying give them to the most vulnerable. Absolutely, you know. But anyway, he he, he this morning he said, you know, um, 
Hundreds of patriots from our country are in prison in D.C. being mistreated in isolation without charge and without due process, and you've got people being arrested for not wearing a mask correctly. And they're up there. Meanwhile, you've got convicted murderers who are being let go out in California and re-murdering. They're murdering other people, not re-murdering. They're murdering uh, other people. You got all this stuff going on, and it seems like our country's upside down. So, how is Stand for Jacks uh, going to make a difference here? What What is the the? Give me the elevator speech for what that's about. Well, at Stand for Jacks, our goal obviously is to have righteous leaders and informed citizens. Um, we're kind of gathering of of people from different places. They're attorneys, or business people. There are our ministry people that are all involved in this and we're finding people care about what's happening in our city. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of hot inform- hot topics like mass mandates and things like that. Recently, our, our school board voted five to two to institute a mass mandate in defiance of where our governor's been on this issue in defiance of the science associated with the benefits of these things. They're going to mask children from kindergarten through high school. And so this is something that was voted on by the Duval County School Board. And as a result of that, we need to understand that school board races matter. Most of the time when we're looking at an election, we may overlook the school board races or we may overlook who's a judge. Or, And I tell you what, when you're fighting these things out in court and you're having uh, a justice stand before you that has a liberal worldview or has a history of, of deviating from the way that the Constitution is written to interpret the law through his lens – rather than through the framers that wrote it, uh, you're in trouble. And so those judges and those school board members make a big difference. Add to that the fact that you've got our next generation is being influenced by these people. I would venture to say that the school board is a more pivotal position than the city council, given the fact that they have a greater budget than the rest of the city. Yeah, well, and and the school board, I don't know if you remember – um, when you were involved, you and uh, a lot of your family uh, were involved with uh, what was the 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 bill that or the thing that the city council wanted HRO was it the HRO? Yep, yep the like, human rights ordinance. You were very much involved with that. I had the opportunity to meet a lady named Charlene Cothran, who we had on our program. She's fantastic, and she said their strategy was to go after kids. And so, if you're out there. And you love the Lord and you you love his values, then maybe you ought to think about running for school board, you know, because because we need people who have those kind of values who will not cave to fear because a lot of this stuff is driven by political fear. It's not even just fear of their own life or fear of the lives of people. It's political fear. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And, you know. There's one individual, and I'm not going to name them, but there's one individual individual on the school board that has been a tireless force for good. Uh. Um, They have stood for what's right. Many cases, it's been six to one uh, that they've they've stood there and held the line. They're a godly person. They've got a great faith. They're praying about running again. Um, It's important. Uh, well, it is important, and, and when we come back, I want to pick up on that. How can we pray for them specifically? Uh, hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio, and 
got Harry Lewis of Lewis Petroleum. Harry is a business leader here in Jacksonville. He's a good brother. He's a pastor, a father of 12, husband of Christian. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more to Harry. And uh, we'll get into COVID. We'll get into masks. We'll get into Israel. And uh, his son, Harrison, battle against cancer. Stay tuned. The SWAT Radio will be right back after this break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio with uh, Doug McCary at His Light Ministries and I'm here today with Harry Lewis of uh, Lewis Petroleum, Stanford Jacks. Um, Harry is a good brother in the Lord, been very involved in things going on in our city. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, he was very involved with the HRO uh, when that thing was, um, they were trying to make that happen and not for it, obviously, because he recognized the damage that would do to the community. And Harry, you and I were talking in the break about you guys at Stanford Jacks, um, you, you talk to school board members, find out where they stand. You know, I just did a cursory search the other day, and it says, when I looked at the school board members, it said non-affiliated with like a prime, a political party, which, is right. that true? Why does it say that? So certain positions that are run for, you know, during different election cycles do not have, it's a no party affiliation. They're open to the, the population to vote. And uh, it's not bound by party affiliation because technically it's supposed to be immaterial what their party is. But we obviously know that based on a person's party, there may be uh, a a tendency to tilt in a certain direction. So on the school board, uh, there are a number of uh, a, a vast majority of liberal positions on the school board. And you see that by some of the things that you see played out, the LGBTQ plus uh, position where they're, you know, here, in, and, and a lot of people don't know this, in Duval County, um, a biological male can walk into a, a biologically female locker room and get dressed and undressed in there with 
other other girls in Duval. In I Duval County, absolutely. They had this in place before the HRO was passed. So they took a more liberal position. The school board took a little more liberal position before the city even passed the HRO um, a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it was 20, 2017 going into, or no, 2018 going into 2019 school year. They actually had training with uh, teachers to instruct them on the use of gender specific pronouns and uh, allow and the allowing of men, uh, biological males into female sports. And a lot of the things that we see playing out all over the country, and we think, ah, oh, it's good. That, wow, I, that can never happen here in Jacksonville. It's happening here in Jacksonville. And, I mean, there's been a battle that's taking place down in, in St. John's County at Nassau, I mean, down at uh, Nice High School over this issue that where the they lost down there uh, to that LGBT agenda. And so here in Duval County, it's there. It's smoldering. It hasn't flared well, wasn't up. Wasn't there a guy out at Fletcher that, was at Sandalwood. Or, or Sandalwood that got yeah. uh, put on two weeks uh, unpaid leave yeah, he, because he, he refused to use the, right. the, the the pronoun things? Well, so stand for Jax. How can people get involved with that? So we're in the process of trying to gather up a group that, that we've been referring to as the Gideon's 300. These are, you know, God didn't need, in fact, God didn't need Gideon's 300. God could do it all by himself, but... He pairs Gideon's army down, 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 down to where he's 300. We've got some pitchers and some lamps and a sword. and They make a whole lot of racket, and the enemy starts falling on themselves, and God just shows up and does what he does. So we're looking for people to get active in our city, um, to be involved in, one, praying for our city, praying for these positions. Two, we want them to be think of, thinking about, who do I know that would be a great individual to run for a school board position. Maybe it's a retired teacher. Maybe it's somebody with a history in education. Maybe it's somebody with a business degree that says, hey, I want to go in there and sit down and pay attention. Because a lot of the people that are on the school board are predominantly women, and a lot of them may be historically teachers, but they're managing the largest budget of anything in our city. It, it, it helps to have a financial mind to it. So maybe you're a person that's got a, some business savvy or whatever that, that wants to do it. But but you feel a call to invest in the education of our city, I'm telling you, it's a door that's open right now, and the enemy's coming and going. Well, yeah, I, I highly encourage you to go to standforjax.com to find out more. That's S-T-A-N-D, the number 4JAX.com, for how you can be involved. And again, their vision is that Jacksonville Christians would become informed and engaged to put godly leaders into office. Uh, why? Because that's for the good of the community. Like like God commanded you know, Jeremiah to tell the people, hey, you go into Babylon and you pray for the good of the community and, and try to, you go in there and reproduce and do those things, but you seek the good of that community. And you know, Harry, I wanna I wanna pivot off of that just uh for a second to the whole COVID thing. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it with you because I mean, obviously we certainly could, we, we could, we could spend the whole, I, I, I want to get into other things, but I know there's folks that listen in Mississippi and folks that listen in Virginia and Florida and Georgia. And we, we are fortunate enough to live in a state where our governor has said, you can't mandate it. Now school districts, like you said, even Duval is saying, no, you're going to do it anyway. Uh, but the governor we, we've had a good governor. Everybody thought he was crazy last year, and he now everybody thinks he's a genius because right. of what he did. Yeah, thank God for him. But but you have people out there. I went down um, one of the roads out at the beach, and somebody had put all over their fence, uh, DeSantis is killing kids. 
Hmm. You know, why? Because he refuses to make them wear masks. And, folks, they have studies now, studies that are available. You can go see them, that the masks, they actually did these studies. I think this one was in Israel, if I'm not mistaken, it, I, I believe, where they they put masks on um, – on uh, what are the dummies called? Uh, uh, mannequins. Like, uh, mannequins. Yeah, they put and, and uh, like ninety percent. Yeah, ninety percent of the droplets that hmm. came out went through and were on the mannequins. Yeah, ten percent effective. I read yeah, that yesterday. Yeah. So I mean, the 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 blue pro- surgical masks. Yeah, or, yeah. Which are probably more effective than, than the, the cloth, the cloth masks. one. Yeah. So. But the problem is. Everybody's talking about, well, it's still 10% effective, but at what cost? What is it costing the kids in school to not see each other's faces, to not hear their their teachers well, to not see their teachers communicating? Kids, especially in K through 6, you know, they they need those cues, and nobody's talking about that stuff. And the other thing with COVID uh, that I know you've done a lot of research on is – you know, the whole ivermectin thing. And and one of my doctor friends, I shared this yesterday and the day before, he he was flat out told by his hospital, if you prescribe this, you will lose your admitting rights and you will not be able to uh, practice here. I mean, that's just threatening for a doctor who believes that something could be effective. I and mean, if the goal is the, the health and um, the salvation of people, Save from this pandemic or save from whatever. If the goal is to do no harm, whatever you use that leads to a better outcome is something you should be paying attention to. I had a doctor friend of mine that was telling me about um, another friend who was at a very prominent hospital here locally who had a COVID patient. He prescribed ivermectin. The patient began to improve. The admin came to him and said, stop it immediately. He says, but he's improving. And they looked at him and said, you're smarter than this. If the goal is to beat the pandemic, why are we not talking about preventatives? I'm not anti-vax by any means. I've got 12 kids. We've had plenty of vaccines in our house. But we're talking about something that's very different. For 30 years, the Vaccine Adverse uh, Reporting System, VAERS, has been tracking vaccine injuries and deaths for 30 years. It's literally going between 60 and 160. Never been more than that, never been less than that for 30 years. And that's 287 million vaccine doses a year. Talking about a lot of vaccines. You know, everybody's making a big deal about how we've put out 400 million um, COVID vaccines this year. 287 million vaccines a year, 100 deaths. So far this year, reported on the VAERS site, and I know a lot of people say it's not a dependable site. It's a passive site. There's a talking point that's there that's about shutting that down. It's the CDC site. It's who the FDA told Pfizer in their provisional approval that they must report every one of these cases to the VAR site. I wonder if the FDA knows it isn't effective. <laughs> uh, maybe somebody should tell them that it's a passive site and a bunch of people. But, but could isn't report. that? But I don't. I, I, it's I'm false sorry, information. Sorry for interrupting, but isn't that a typical ploy of people to try to, to shut discount down something? It totally, but is. it ends up they end up getting caught in their own web of of deception. So think about the math on this. Because uh, I was sitting there doing this this number in my head, um, 8.3 trillion doses of vaccine have been administered administered in the United States since 1990, since they started tracking it, with a total of about 3,000 total deaths. 
8.3 trillion. We've administered 400 million COVID vaccines, and the number is 5,303. There are literally 100 times the deaths. And Harvard came out with a study back several years ago, the NIAIH, where Tony Fauci is, commissioned them with a million dollars to search into this. They looked at 714,000 cases, and they determined that there's about a 1% reporting ratio. If that's true, then in this case, the cure is worse than the disease because the 5,303 is actually half a million people that have been killed by the vaccine. And we're hearing stories. It's being suppressed. It's being talked down, just like the whole thing with ivermectin. Since when does the FDA get on Instagram and post, hey, y'all, you're not a cow, you're not a horse? Quit taking that stuff. Yeah. They Well, they downplay the importance of ivermectin uh, as a as a suitable treatment option when you and I both know very well qualified physicians who have used it effectively absolutely and 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 seen their patients recover and there's those that we don't know personally but there's like Dr. Peter McCullough one of them uh, and uh, and even Byron Bridle up the guy in Canada was saying these are effective treatments that go as a cocktail you don't just there's no wonder drug. We're right. not saying it's a wonder drug, right? But it's used in conjunction with other things. The, and we, you know, we talked about critical thinking and and truth and um, how important that is. Um, I hear a lot of people say, "Well, you you can't trust that because of this specific clinical trial." And I'll read everything that somebody, you know, if you're a critical thinker, you're not afraid to read the opposing side, yeah, because ultimately the truth is going to win out. It's going to set you free. And you so, don't attack the character of people that no. have a difference of opinion. Right. But I, I, I had somebody uh, had hit me with this one particular clinical trial, and I looked at it, and we'll talk about, we can talk about it here when we come back. But Yeah, um, yeah, well, well, yeah well, it's well, important because this is a big deal. Well, it is a big deal. And the other thing I would like to have a conversation, because I know you're well-read on this, is the fallacy that if people are unvaccinated, they're the surge of the spread. And uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Israel. We're going to talk about Harrison, uh, Harry's son. And uh, anything else Harry wants to talk about today when we come back. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Big shout out to our listeners up in Virginia on the Lighthouse. And also to our listeners up in folks uh, in Georgia. Listening on 91.3 and St. Augustine 91.9 here in Jacksonville. Thank you for listening to SWAT Radio. If you want to ask a question or you have a comment, you can send it to ask at SWATradio.com. Look forward to talking to you when we come back after the news on SWAT Radio. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. Um, sorry, we're trying to work out a technical difficulty. I'm sorry that some of you guys are having a problem here, and when the music starts. Uh, we are still in what we call our COVID studio. This is not our regular studio, uh, but um, hopefully we can get that. I appreciate the feedback for you guys uh, out there who are um, 
who are uh, giving us feedback on that. That's always good. And I'm here with uh, Harry Lewis today. And uh, what is that? Blue surgical face masks are only 10% effective in presenting COVID. Uh, new study. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Um, we did have one one person wrote in and said 10% effective on dummies. That That's a dummy. That's not even a human. I mean, like, uh, I don't know. That was funny. Uh, so anyway, uh, hey, we got Harry Lewis from Lewis Petroleum. Harry is a business leader, a brother in the Lord. He's a pastor. Uh, he's a critical thinker. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking the other day, Harry. I, I, I told uh, one of my kids earlier, I've probably read and studied more on the issue of uh, COVID-19 and, um, and the vaccines than any subject I've studied in the last 10 years, maybe since I got, since I was in the FBI, when I was in the FBI, I was trained to investigate and it was a very intense, a lot of information poured in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than my biblical studies and the, the preparation for that, I don't think I've read more on a subject, uh, than I have this for the last year, a little over a year now consulting with people who have been, involved in researching it uh or researching this type of stuff for years and one of the things that i learned in the fbi is that if you want to find out something about a particular issue you go to somebody who's got a lot of experience in that issue you know an expert somebody who's you 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 would never put somebody up on the stand um who had only been dealing with something for a year. And this is one of the things that cracks me up about Fauci and even uh, the head of the CDC. They've never treated a, a COVID patient. <laughs> they've, they've, they've never even dealt with it except right. from a managerial standpoint. It's like a, a, a doctor who becomes an administrator who never does any bedside visits or anything who's telling you all the things you should do about these things. And they've never interacted with it. And I've talked to doctors that have interacted with lots of people. And, and listen, they don't, they're not against the vaccine. Right. But all they're saying is that if you've had COVID, you have what's called T-cell immunity. And uh, Lori and I have been tested for it. We've had COVID. And that is better immunity than any vaccine's going to get you. So why would I put something experimental in my arm and my body that has caused at least by what you just shared a while ago, 5,000 deaths. And that's a low estimate to be honest with you. It is. Some, some people think it's higher, but we don't know. Right. Um, but even that, um, and people go, well, I'll take my chances. The bottom line is, did you hear the Dr. Merritt interview when we had her on? I didn't. Okay. Dr. Merritt, uh, was the former uh, president of the American Association for uh, Surgeons and Physicians. Mm. She was lecturing back in 2011 about the coming medical technocracy and how vaccines were going to be mandated down the road in the future. In 11, this is 10 years ago. So when I had her on the program, she was talking about the mRNA technology. She was talking about ivermectin. She was talking about hydroxychloroquine. When people were laughing about hydroxychloroquine the same way they're laughing about ivermectin now. But now 
people are saying, well, hydroxychloroquine has been shown to be effective in some cases. It's not as effective as ivermectin as far as the, the broad range of when it can be applied. But like I said, I've studied this and read about this critically, and you and I were having a conversation about it. You know, people go, well, you're not a doctor, and, you know, you're disagreeing with my doctor. Well, a lot of doctors, unfortunately, are being pressured, just like my friend up in Tennessee, to not prescribe it. And so he, and, and even if you do prescribe it, now I'm being told that you can't even find it out in town in a lot of places. It's like a two- to three-week wait to get it at pharmacies. i got to tell you, Doug, I'm, it, it, it's enough that it concerns me when it comes to uh, and I'm not by any means. I'm not telling anybody they need to distrust their their physician. But when a medical individual who is supposed to have been educated in this area doesn't have the capability of reading information and parsing through that and finding truth, but they simply parrot the party line or the group think that's there of the day, I have a problem trusting them not only with my health but the health of my family. I'm charted with being the shepherd of my family. And if I'm going to be a good leader, I need to be looking ahead. I need to have some opinions on some of these things. Is my nine-year-old going to know uh, the difference between the efficacy of the Moderna vaccine versus the Johnson? No, he's not going to know those kind of things. He's not going to have any idea. He's trusting me to kind of figure that stuff out. And so weighing in on this, i got to be honest, I, in the last year, we, we've had a lot going on in our family. Obviously, uh, last October, our son was diagnosed with testicular cancer, and uh, it was a uh, a shock. It was advancedly growing. It was in his lungs. It was all over his abdomen. He was probably six weeks from dying as a 24-year-old young man. And thank God for doctors who spoke life and who fought for him in a in a well-documented uh, process that, that had been studied and been successful. And after a 13-hour surgery with some Doctors who I think are just studs when it comes to standing on your feet for 13 hours and the intricacy of that kind of stuff. Um, he's, I know they don't want to say cancer-free, but he's cancer-free. He doesn't have any of this stuff anymore. They got all of it out of there. So I was kind of pigeonholed in that arena. But what I did do is I immersed myself into that medical world. And so I came out of that into this Delta variant explosion, and my head was ready to consume NIH documents. I read pathology reports. I read um, clinical trial information. And you're not a doctor. I don't, and I'm not a doctor, and I don't play one on television. <laughs> I'm not a geneticist. I'm not a virologist. I'm not an immunologist. I'm not any of those things. But I'm a man who was given by God the ability to critically think and mm-hmm. to look at light and darkness and tell that there's a difference between the two. And as we were talking before we went to break, um, a lot of times people are throwing out the uh, all it takes is a little bit of question. I'm probably, you've had this situation b- before where someone says, I don't uh, believe the Bible because of all the errors. And the question I would ask back is, well, which one's keeping you up at night? Well, well, I don't know. They just were hanging on to the one statement that allowed them to keep themselves in the position they were in. And I've had uh, people who are well-trained, educated, great-hearted, Christ-following doctors and, and, and clinicians and and nurse practitioners that have made positions that said, no, this report says it's not effective. Well, I go and I read that report. And in that report, there are seven issues at the bottom of that report that basically the ones who wrote it are basically saying our report is invalid because we are 
steering clear of what the original purposes were. We fail to look for the right things. We recommend other people do things in the future. Oh, and by the way, 75% of us are on the payroll of a major vaccine manufacturer, which seriously clouds it. And even with that, it showed an 18% improvement with the use of ivermectin. And so my question back was, even with all of this suspect information, don't you think it's important to have an 18% improvement? And then I pivot to this. There's a website, c 19 ivermectin.com if you search it it's a live tracking of all 63 current clinical trials worldwide that are going on for this it is an incredible source with every negative and every positive combined in together and there are about five that that are negative and if you look at it you could see that they gave low doses a single dose it wasn't a continue it wasn't the protocols that a lot of the guys are recommending today they had results but even including that information well and, and excluding one that they said that wasn't very good that was out of Egypt, it still shows a 73% improvement decrease in hospitalization and a 58% decrease in mortality. Yeah, and and so here's the thing. The FDA, some somebody just posted this online, why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID, all right? And it's from the FDA, and here's what you know. And they talk about using Medicine that's for animals, talking about animal paste, yeah. talking about uh, people using specific medication that's for horses or other animals. And then they say uh, the FDA has not approved ivermectin for use in treating or preventing COVID. Since when does the FDA, if a drug is approved, I thought it was the doctors who determine uh, when it, it's used. Do you know how many times doctors deviate from the... Do you really want the FDA... Use? I mean, you're talking about the FDA that can't even contain the salmonella outbreaks and all that stuff. You want the FDA determining your medical treatment? I don't think so. The FDA approves cigarettes. Yeah. It approves fentanyl. People are killing themselves with fentanyl. I had somebody made the statement the other day, well, because somebody went to a, a, uh, a local feed store and bought... Um, ivermectin in a tube that's designed to treat 2,000 pound animals and injected in themselves, it should be eliminated. And th- this person's in law enforcement that made this comment. And I simply came back and said, then you just made the argument for disarming the American populace because criminals use guns in a foolish kind of way. Yeah. Just because somebody goes and takes something, do you know how many times nurses have to pump kids' stomachs because they ate too many aspirin? Um, well, I mean, it happens. People take good things in the wrong way, and it has a, an out, a bad outcome. And I think it speaks, too, to the fact that people are desperate for solutions when they recognize that there is a process going on that isn't being effective. In the last, in the last 10 days, I know of five people in my circle that went to the hospital, got oxygen, got on a respirator, developed acute kidney injury— mm with an 80% mortality because they found in an NIH report back in October that mechanical ventilation can cause kidney injury, and it's got an 80% mortality. And and I could have said that same story to any one of those five people, and they would think that I was telling their story. And we've all probably had somebody in our life that we know that's gone to the hospital. They were struggling. Well, and you know and you know what the thing is, Harry? And I know we got a break. we got to go to our break. But the, the thing is... When people hear those stories, like even your friends, well, they say if they gotten vaccinated, they wouldn't have been there. Oh. And that's, that's, that's not... 
It's true. not true. Yeah. So listen, hey, we we got to go to our break. Uh, this is our last break. We'll be back for our last segment with Harry Lewis. Thank you for listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back in just a minute with more SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a no. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary from His Light Ministries. And uh, I did want to let you know, I, I know many of you probably have heard that there were there was a suicide bomber uh, outside of the Kabul airport today, and uh, 11 Marines were killed and one Navy corpsman. Uh, 12 service members were uh, killed, and uh, more were hurt. And um, it's just a really sad sad moment because they're the first ones killed over there in the last year and a half mm. and our hearts both, you know, our, our hearts go out to those guys, their, their families and and thank god for their sacrifice yeah and I, i'm just going to tell you folks we need to pray leadership matters leadership matters um uh, we need to pray that god would raise up some godly leaders in our military godly leaders in our country um because leadership matters 
Doug, I had a, uh, one of my friends reached out to me and said, hey, obviously in the last couple of months, it seems like it's been years as we've been processing all this information, we come across pieces of information that are very helpful to us. Uh, one of these is uh, the narrative, and I, I call it a narrative, and, and I'm sure that there are people that are seeing this to a degree, but there's a narrative that's out there that 97 to 99% of those that are in the hospitals are actually unvaccinated and that the vast majority of the hospitalizations and the problems are among the vaccinated, so unvaccinated, so everybody needs to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's one of the arguments. The problem is the data isn't following that. So I don't doubt that people are seeing some of those things. I've talked to people who are, um, you know, they're, they're first responders, they're, they're, they're taking people to the hospitals, they're seeing more of a 50-50. Um, talk to people who are working as nurses, they're saying it's more of a 50-50. But what's happening is back on May the 1st, um, the, uh, the CDC instructed healthcare organizations to stop counting breakthrough cases with the regular unvaccinated cases. They were to separately report them, and you can find this right on the CDC website. You, they were to report these separately as a breakthrough case, and generally they were to be sent home. So if you've got 100 people that show up at the hospital and 50% of them are, are vaccinated and 50% of them are unvaccinated, and you send 49% of, the, uh, you know, of them home because they were vaccinated before and said, go eat, you know, take some chicken soup and some Tylenol and come back if you can't they breathe. They don't report them as... They don't report them as a COVID case. And so the stats show one thing. So that's number one. Number two, we're also dealing with the fact that the United States vaccinated a lot slower mm-hmm. than other parts of the world. Israel is the gold standard when it comes to vaccination. Yeah, so, they were the first country on the whole earth yep. to fully vaccinate a majority of the citizens. They're yeah. Like 80% of the whole, I've anybody that, between yeah. like 12 and older yep. was vaccinated. And so now what they're seeing in their hospitals, between 82 and 91% of the, of the hospitalizations for COVID are vaccinated people. And so we look at that and we go, well, but that's you should expect that because you vaccinated 90 percent of the population. So I was looking for a study and I came across one by the public health in England. And this study uh, was breathtaking because it it had none of the noise and nonsense and people trying to push through uh, what their agenda was. It was just data. Mm-hmm. And in that data, and this is two weeks ago, 57 um, percent of hospitalizations were unvaccinated. Okay, so they vaccinated sooner than we did, but not as soon as Israel. So Israel's at 90%. So they're saying 57% of the hospitalizations are vaccinated people, are are unvaccinated. So at least 43% were vaccinated. But 65% of the deaths were vaccinated. So while they were 57% of the cases, they were 35% of the deaths. And while the vaccinated were only 43% of the cases, they were 65% of all deaths. Two weeks later, those numbers are changing. Now it's 53% of the hospitalizations are vaccinated and 68% of the deaths, and 47% are unvaccinated and now 33% of the deaths. And and you know what they're saying, Harry, I mean, about Israel? Israel right now is averaging 7,500 confirmed cases a day. Mm. Right now. With 90% vaccination. Yeah. yeah. That's one in every 150 people has the virus. But you know what? Folks, the virus can be treated. It can be. It is It is not 
Absolutely. A lethal virus if you get early treatment. The key to surviving this virus is early treatment. You know, and I think that's I think that's where you're hitting the nail on the head, Doug, with regard to truth. There is a clearly a swath of America and and of the world for that matter that needs to be vaccinated because they're struggling with cancer. They're terribly obese. They've got diabetes. They've got other issues that if they had to face this thing, and it is a, we're not here to say that the vac- that the virus doesn't exist. It's a terrible thing. Extremely uh, unbelievable. The, the Delta variant is replicating three to eight times faster than the original strain did. That well, means that you're winding up getting more people sick. And you were talking about this earlier when we were in a break, that the odds of somebody who is vaccinated showing less symptoms but being as contagious makes it makes them potentially a super spreader because they've got lower symptoms but the virus is replicating the same way in them well that's what dr bridal said uh, about the fact that the vaccinated actually are more prone to be super spreaders than the unvaccinated because the unvaccinated will start showing symptoms yeah. sooner right. than the vaccinated. And so the, the the point I'm making in all of this, though, is we've got people who are saying that unvaccinated people are super spreaders. So this, that's that's an area where critical thinking comes into play, because mm. obviously when you when you look at genetics and I'm not a geneticist, nor do I play one on television. <laughs> yeah. But when you look at genetics and, and like Dr. Bridal said, no. Basic genetics understands that it's not the unvaccinated that produces the variant. It's the vac- It's it's not the vaccinated, but it's the un- it, I'm sorry. Basic genetics say that it is the un. It's the vaccinated that causes the variant. The unvaccinated just get the virus and they process it. Mm-hmm. But the vaccinated, especially when it's a leaky vaccine, it doesn't provide, as he said, uh, sterilizing immunity and lethal lethal pressure. It doesn't take it out. It's like what we get when we see MRSA because you use antibiotics in an imperfect way and you create a, an antibiotic-resistant bacteria. So that whole narrative, um, I was ar- I, I wasn't say arguing. Mm-hmm. I was making a point to somebody, and uh, the comment that came back, wait a minute, you think the vaccinated cause it? As if that wasn't true. And so I, I looked up and I actually read an article from Forbes magazine where the guy said, oh, they will need the flux capacitor to be able to make that happen because <laughs> yeah. the vaccine rollout happened in January. And most of these variants of concern were in May, September, October, November, December of 2020. And so I sat there for a second. I'm like, huh. OK, let me think about this for a second. Pfizer started vaccinating people in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. You had Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, and then the vaccines that were being produced over in the Soviet Union and other places. There were probably millions of people worldwide that were receiving vaccines before there was ever a vaccine yep. rollout. Yep. So from a critical thinking standpoint, there were millions of doses of vaccines that were being handed out to people worldwide. From that, you could produce the variants. Now, is it possible that uh, you could have a slight variant because a person overcomes it. Yes. Uh, they said other factors that can include um, masks. So like if you're in a place like India and you have Delta that spreads like crazy, yeah. India's got like five times our population. Well, I, I, I want to get you to weigh in before we go, just because I know you have a big family. You deal with conflict a lot. Uh, 
when when you have large families, you have lots of personalities, right? You I have try to not deal to with that. Conflict, plus, but. plus, and you have a company, you have to deal with it. I, I, right now in our country, we're so divided on a lot of areas. But this, you know, when people said, "Well, we're going to be divided on the vaccine and the mask," it's gonna it's going to be worse than the the racial divisiveness. Um, weigh in just a second because i thought you had a very i've i've watched your responses to people who come at you pretty hard on social media and it seems very balanced and loving and charitable toward them even though they're they're acting like you're an idiot for believing what you believe can you speak to that just for a second as a christian i love people um and i love all kinds of people all shapes and sizes with different worldviews um, even ones that are completely contrary to my own. And I love dialogue. I love engaging in conversation and, and being able to let somebody else know that they've been heard as well. And I, and I truly value what they say. One of the heartbreaks for me is to see people who profess to walk with the Lord walk in such division towards one another. I mean, I, when I look back in the past and I think about guys like Whitfield and Wesley mm-hmm. who had very different worldviews about certain things about theology – but there were tons of things that they had in common. And Wesley would not leave Whitfield alone to the point that Whitfield had to say, stop writing letters to me. <laughs> we should never get to the place. I don't mind being disagree, disagreeable, um, but I don't want to I don't want to be stubborn and disagreeable. I, I, I don't mind a person holding their position, but just don't 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 be disagreeable. I mean, listen, uh, be open to ideas and and, you know, loving the other person. Well, that is a very good word to end on. And, um, uh, again, we've been talking to Harry Lewis, Lewis Petroleum. Uh, Thank you, Harry, for joining us today. Thank you for post. You can go to Harry's Facebook page, Harry Lewis. It's really good. He's got a lot of good information on there. And uh, seriously, pray for Harry and what they're doing with Stand for Jacks. And uh, his company, Lewis Petroleum, him and his brother Brian do a really good job of leading that company. And uh, they do a a good work for our city. So thank you, brother. I pray you have a good week and uh, keep following Jesus. That was an honor to be here. Hey, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be back tomorrow. Be Taylor and I, and we'll be talking more about all the things we've been talking about. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety. Then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening